I'm not just saying this because you dudes are here. Dude, y'all have a great podcast here. This thing's going to take, it's going to continue to take off. Hi, this is Sean Clinch, the host of Stories Inside the Man Cave podcast. And we are extremely grateful for each of you, the listener and or the viewer. Of course, you can view all of our podcast episodes on Facebook, YouTube, and on Vimeo. And as we continue to grow, we have to continue to invest in ourselves to improve the product. And if you are at that point and you feel somewhat generous, be sure to log on to Buzzsprout, which all of our audio-only podcasts are, and click on the episode and scroll all the way to the bottom, and you'll see a link to a website called Buy Me a Coffee. Just click on that and donate whatever you feel like or whatever you're comfortable with, and I promise you we will reinvest that into continuing to improve this podcast. As for the next episode, let's ride. How about that for some hype for the big game up in Dallas? The Red River Rivalry, the 117th edition, will occur again at 11 a.m. bright and early in Dallas, Texas, in the middle of the Texas State Fairgrounds. It's a beautiful thing. And welcome to a special episode as we try to do uh, almost every Monday after head coach Steve Sarkeesian has his press conference every Monday uh, and talks about the, the week that was, and the week that was for the Longhorns was a road victory up in Fort Worth. I did have the opportunity to go to Fort Worth. Uh, it's been a long time since I've been to a game there as a fan. In fact, I honestly, that was the first game for me as a fan up in Fort Worth. I'd been there for work several times in my previous career, but you look at the final score, 32-27 to 27, as they head into the Red River rivalry. Um, and you, you look at that and you think, wow, they struggled against uh, what appears to be a down TCU team. Let me uh, correct and try to give you a better perspective of why that was a big win for Texas. First and foremost, if this was last year's Texas team, they would have lost that game. They, those teams, previous years, recent history, Texas did not handle one-score games very well late in the ballgame. They found a way to lose those games that they should have won. Yes, Texas is the better team, but I will say this. TCU is a much better ball club than people are giving them credit for, especially with uh, some injured players that were back this past week for uh, TCU, especially that defensive line, the front seven. Gary Patterson had those guys rolling and pressuring Casey Thompson all day, um, but a great atmosphere, a great stadium there. Ammon Carter um, wasn't full because I think a lot of people understanding that uh, it was first and you know an early start, uh, 11 a.m. and that was Texas' second consecutive uh, 11 a.m. kickoff. Um, Casey Thompson struggled, but the Heisman Trophy candidate Bijan Robinson, unbelievable. Unbelievable game. 35 carries, 216 yards, and a couple of TDs. Uh, the guy is on solid ground. I would venture to say he is the number one Heisman Trophy candidate in the country right now, leading that race 
but we won't see any of that kind of information. But that guy has made a name for himself. He's carrying guys. He's so flexible. He's twitchy, fast, deceptive, and he's just one of those guys that uh, helps your team. And 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 with Tom Herman, he would have forced a pass in a third and two situation uh, instead of go to your guy. Sark and that staff have really they did the right thing. Opted for Bijan Robinson when you needed him, counted on him, and the offensive line. As was as I mentioned, several people have average at best, and they've done a good job of scheming. But they took a setback. Denzel Okafor, who's been here quite a while at Texas, um, leg injury. He'll need surgery, and he's out for the season, which is a blow to the Texas offensive line. Of course, they'll have them. I'm sure scheme up something for Oklahoma. So Texas four and one, two and zero oh in the Big Twelve. Back in the top 25, but just eliminate the rankings. There is a lot of hype about this game, as it always is. Crazy things happen in the Cotton Bowl. Crazy things. And it's not always the best team that wins. In fact, I would venture to say uh, half the time the team that's not the best team wins. Um, Oklahoma, they're in that, they're still ranked in the top five. But they're hanging on by a thread. We thought that uh, OU's defense was much improved, and I believe they gave up 31 to Kansas State. Uh, so I'm confused by that. Uh, OU and Texas have some similarities. Their O line, both O lines, are struggling this year. And so, but throw, throw that out the window too. None of this is going to, I, I don't think. One team is so elite, as a lot of Oklahoma teams have been in the past in this game, to really say that they're going to pull away either team. It wouldn't shock me if Texas wins this thing by three or four touchdowns. It wouldn't shock me if Oklahoma wins this game by three or four touchdowns. But just like Herman, I don't think Sark and that staff will, will get blown out. There's, If you look back at Tom Herman, he never got blown out in games as as a head coach of Texas. But as far as this game, the 117th Red River rivalry at the the old girl, the Cotton Bowl, the Cotton Bowl Stadium. It is, if you've not been, beautiful. It's a beautiful college atmosphere, very unique. It's in the middle of the state fairgrounds, not a great neighborhood, um, but it's, it's just a wonderful venue, and it's a wonderful game. The sight lines in certain places are amazing. Others... Not so much, but I love the Cotton Bowl Stadium for this game. So if you just want to look at something to to get fired up about, well, be fired up for Coach Sarkeesian. This is his first rivalry, or Red River rivalry, that is. But he has experienced the Iron Bowl. That's Auburn, Alabama. He has experienced the Apple Bowl. That's Washington, Washington State, and, of course, UCLA, USC. But what are his thoughts about this game hey i'm i'm fired up for the game i mean you guys know me well enough i love uh i love the pomp and pageantry of of college football i love the history i love the nostalgia to think this is the 117th time these two schools are meeting like that's that's a crazy number you know um so from that aspect of it the state fair i mean all that stuff i'm i'm looking forward to I, i really try to get there by saturday um, we put in so much work during the week 
so that we can enjoy the experience on game day. Uh, that's really kind of our approach as an organization, but probably that's my approach, so I make everybody else buy into uh, to my approach. Um, so, I, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's a, it's a, it's a great atmosphere, great event, great game. Um, you know, looking forward to it on that front. Um, and I think at the end of the day, you know, the, the peripheral puts measuring sticks on us of where we are. Um, for us, you know, our process is our process, and we have to wire in and, and, and respect every opponent we play and make sure we're putting our best foot forward. Um, and ultimately, week in and week out, we see where we're at. Are we, make, are we making incremental gains to continue to get better? And, you know, I think that uh, when, you, when you take over a program, um, you always want the big leaps and bounds and the growth and all those things. And, um, but for me, the positive has been I, I really believe that we're making incremental progress as a program. Yeah, incremental progress. You've seen it. They go on the road to beat TCU. They are improving uh, on the offensive line, although that was not evident against TCU. But TCU had a, I think, when, when it's all said and done, uh, I think you're going to see TCU in the top four in the Big 12, especially with that front seven on defense. Uh, they are making incremental progress. Um, you saw Jordan Whittington step up and make a big play against TCU. But in, and of course, you need more of the receivers. We we know now that O line and uh, receivers, there's not a lot of depth. There's just not, not right now. There's some young offensive linemen who aren't ready, but they're having to play and just not ready to consistently compete at that high level at their at the guard and tackle positions. But I like what Sark said. That's what you want to hear as a player. You want to hear that fired up i want to enjoy this i want to work hard during the week so when we get to dallas that's where it's fun that's what it's all about you work hard to reach game day that's where it should be fun and i'm not gonna lie this when i arrive in dallas this will be my first game as a fan since 1992 how about that i've been to 17 of these and i haven't been as a fan since the early 90s and if you have not been to that game and my name is not steve sarkeesian by the way just wanted to clear that up um if you've not been to that game make it a point to you have time to go buy tickets maybe and go because it is a unique atmosphere there's no other place no other game like it an atmosphere in the state fair that in itself is good people watching Hey, throughout the week, we're going to have, instead of one big episode for this week, um, like we normally do on Drop on Fridays with a special guest, we're not going to have that. We're going to have a week full of special guests, Longhorns, Sooners, former Longhorn Sooners, and people tied to both UT and OU. And it's going to be a fun week, and we're going to have these mini podcasts, as I say. And my goal is to have three episodes, probably last about 10 minutes each. And just hype up the game, talk about it, have some storytelling about uh, this game. And uh, it's going to be wild this week. And I can't wait. It's going to be a low, it's going to be an early rising day on Saturday uh, again to get up to Dallas for that. But it's going to be well worth it. So look ahead. We have plenty of little uh, mini episodes with former Longhorns, former Sooners coming up this week. 
and uh, and people tied to those football programs. Man, it is a beautiful time of year. That Saturday in Dallas every year in October. It's what college football is all about. Hey, check out the Power 10. That's the weekly poll that uh, we post. Take everything into consideration. Uh, record, uh, point differential and wins, schedule strength, away, at home, whatnot, and we come up with a power 10. Five of those 10, surprisingly, are from the Big Ten. Who would have thought that? Hey, for the Man Cave Boys, Big Mike, Coach Mo, and Hardball Harge, we out. You see the drippy, I'm fitted up. I'm in my car in the giddy up.